Welcome to Zero Ambitions podcast. I'm Sarah Edmonds. This week, Dan and I spoke to Amy Kaur of Civic Square and Jack Mentula from Dark Matter Labs, all about Retrofit Reimagined Festival that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time in Birmingham. However, disaster struck and we lost the recording. Um, so we had to go back in and record the entire episode again. Um, but then a miracle happened and we found the original recording again. So what we've done is splice the two together to bring you the best parts from both conversations. And um, we really hope that you enjoy this episode. Who's we? In this yeah. instance, then. So, so then, so then the we we thought the we needs to expand, right? So Civic Square is born out of a um, studio called Zero Zero that were a bunch of um, renegade architects who left um, practice at traditional practice and set up this studio 16, 17 years ago now. Um, and out of that was born things like WikiHouse, open source housing, open desk, open source furniture, um, things like the impact hubs, which were looking at what are the spaces where these like people falling out of traditional careers can land and build new movements together um, who, or who were at the edges of those. And then there was a little period in between where that turned into what's the business model of these spaces. So impact hubs and things like that started to come to life. Um, and then through that, a lot of what a, a, many of those spaces from the and arch, an architecture practice, um, architecture zero zero, but a, through a lot of that learning, what what was really coming up for for everybody, whether it was Alistair at WikiHouse or whether it was Indy and David in the architecture space, was this isn't just a problem of, for example, let's use WikiHouse of a millimeter precision technology. It isn't that isn't the only challenge here. Underneath this, we've got a whole number of other things, such as um, the insurances, the land, um, the planning system. And so, for example, Alistair went on and built Open Systems Lab and started to explore planning, uh, the land contract, uh, and so on and so on. And through that, um, Dark Matter Labs also was born. Um, which was really um, a response to all of the learnings they'd had through all these practical um, open source and architecture-led um, work and movements that they'd had, that there was a whole other story of um, governance and finance and rules and codes and um, things that they described as the dark matter underneath the surface um, that needed to be unpacked. And we can talk about that shortly when we talk about why, why that matters in the retrofit space. So so we uh, were then born out of that. We were one of the impact hubs that then turned into Civic Square um, because we became really obsessed with this neighbourhood scale transition infrastructure. So you had Civic Square and Dark Matter Labs starting to grow up together and think about the roles that we wanted to play. Ours was very deep and rooted in the neighbourhood and theirs was really looking at the things that we don't see, like I said, the, the things like the land contract, finance, governance structures, so on and so on, um, that influence everything. And for us, it was about how do we build real world demonstrators of this with real people in real life, in in our example, in, in the city, uh, Birmingham. Um, and like I said, through that journey, Retrofit became one of those 
practical challenges of our time that we were like, okay, well, this is a great applied way to to get on with this now. Not talk about it in theory, but start to um, think about what we mean by there really is a role for for everyone in this transition. So in the festival, it's Civic Square and um, Dark Matter Labs working alongside Zero Carbon House that is run by John Christophers, um, who has the first Zero Carbon House in the, the UK, I believe and um, ACAN, who are Architects Climate Action Network, who are a bunch of legends that I'm sure Sarah can describe much more about. <laughs> They'll love that. They're going to love that. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we call this a bunch of legends. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And so and so, what, what you've got is these is the beginnings of what we were hoping for, is like we're going to have to foster these collaborations across our, our disciplines. And it's going to feel clunky and difficult at first, and we're going to have different languages, different capacities, ways of organising, you know, pe- people are in all sorts of different, like, uh, situations in how their, like, sectors and things are working. Um, and what we wanted to do was bring together other people across um, the country um, who are also on the edges, who recognise that there's this glacial pace, the numbers don't stack up, we need something more collective, we need to rethink some of the the deeper issues here. We need to really um, think about how uh, communities and neighbourhoods are at the forefront of their their transitions, um, and we need to reimagine a, a space that brings the best of that together. So that's why we sort of landed here. So when you're talking about more people, you're talking about civilians as well as built environment people. Yeah, we're talking oh. about everyday people where they are. So at Civic Square, we believe that there's three really important ingredients in in our organising, and we call them matters because we think they have physical properties, um, properties that are are really actually um, need to show up in all of the work we do. One of them I've just talked to, this dark matter, this stuff under the surface that makes us all feel like, hey, like, is there not enough ideas? Is there not enough energy? Is there not enough will? Is there not enough commitment? Did I not work hard enough? Was there not enough amazing community projects that showed the way forward? Why are we still here 20 years later, 30 years later? But actually you figure out there's all these um, things under the surface that are preventing that, that we don't see but drive everything. Then we talk about this idea of the dream matter, the ability to go beyond today, right? To go beyond the tangibility of today, the um the shackles of what is possible and uh, pragmatic and and can only be done within this system the ability to dream beyond that that is both imagination and futures but is also from our point of view really deeply social political ideological like shift in um the way that we can learn from the practices of um, indigenous peoples across the world, First Nations people, non-Western traditions that really understood what it means to live um, in a way that is in balance with the natural world around you that can look to many generations ahead, like um, seven generation thinking that comes out of many indig- indigenous uh, populations and communities. How can you design and think and live as if what you're doing today matters many generations beyond? A thing that actually really has been eroded um, by our current Western industrial economies and political systems, and um, I would argue by the impacts of colonisation. So you've got this dream matter. You need to be able to uh, instigate that in in all sorts of ways. Um, 
to, in order for us to really go beyond ourselves and to rebuild our relationship with the world. And then we talk about this final piece, this everyday matter. It's extraordinary, it's beautiful, but this work we need to do needs to come into the everyday. The scale yeah. of the transition we're in, the scale of the shift that we are find ourselves in, of the social contract um, that we understand being completely broken, the scale of the climate contrast, catastrophe, the shift in the role of tech and digital and AI and um, and the real material like um, culmination of all of these challenges means that we're no longer in a place that uh, that well we never were right. I don't think we ever were. We we we. we uh, Western industrial systems separated us, but actually things were interconnected. They always were. Um, and so we, we're feeling the effects of that now in the West. There is no way we can think about challenges like retrofit, like um, uh, climate change, like biodiversity loss in this way that is just like, well, there's this sector and they'll deal with it and yeah. they'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's a role, and the IPCC talk about this this time beautifully, there is a role for everyone. Mm. So from our point of view, we talk about these three matters and we we basically say in any work we do, eventually, they all need to appear. They all need to appear because otherwise people go round and round in circles of like, well, that's not tangible. Well, well, that's that's not future enough. Or, well, well, we haven't dealt with the things underneath. And sometimes it's just about making some of those visible or cultivating imaginations or making it practical and accessible in the everyday. And that's how we deal with all of our work, right? All of our work is about now starting to think about how we organise like that. And for me, retrofit is is one of these challenges. Decarbonizing our um, neighbourhoods is is this perfect entanglement of many different things. We know that just by insulating your homes, you're not going to solve all the other things. We know that we're not going to um, we're not going to be able to um, just go. Well, we've done that, and people had it done, and we persuaded them. We know that we need to build intergenerational knowledge and wisdom. We know that we need to read change our um, relationship in the West, particularly with um, land and the materials and um, the, the, the things that we are using and consuming and living in. Um, we know that we're, um, we're in a space where on those same streets we want to retrofit, there's a whole cacophony of other challenges and opportunities, challenges that are real um, from fuel poverty to quality of housing, to biodiversity loss, to air quality. To and all those challenges are different based on where you are and who you're you with and, and, and all of the bits within that, which is like why we always say that same thing, I mean, which is like, this isn't about that technical solution simply put there that solves it. It's like, keep coming back to the, the systems. Like, where do you intervene in the system? Like at what point, like fiddling around the edges of that little technical piece isn't going to do it. And also you can't do two yeah. communities you've got to you got to get embedded within and share those tools like really broadly so people can apply them to what the needs of their community and space and place is and I think we're not used to thinking that way or looking that way or integrating that way which is why I'm so drawn to like what you do so, so is this what this festival is about then like turning it because we've talked in quite abstract terms and yeah. just just as a as an yeah. aside like props for your commitment to metaphor like the dark matter <laughs> all the way through, like and bringing in the, the the theoretical physics and the spiritual aspects, yeah. <laughs> but um, like thinking in more practical terms, yeah. Like, because what's going to happen? 
Yeah, so the the festival is um, two things. It's to bring together all of, well, as much as we can, of people who are working in these ways, these green shoots that are showing that more collective local wealth building, skill building, um, really embedding knowledge, skills, um, imagination into into places right really trusting that actually our communities and our neighborhoods are deep wells of knowledge and possibility and when you start to attach ideas like you've just talked about practically that's what the festival's uh, about we want to bring together as many and many of those people as as possible but secondly there is also a broader piece from from Civic Square's perspective, it's really important that we start bringing people who don't think this is something they're interested in um, and to make it exciting and joyful and imaginative and be able to ask what if questions that might allow us to straddle that space of, well, how much more can, can be done in a DIY neighbourhood way and how much do we need um, that practical technical element what's the space in between what's the role of artists and communities and neighborhoods um, uh, in in uh, and, and the poets and the people that can make this into you know the thing that everybody is talking about in a way that they recognize it as a, a challenge of our times um, and all the knotty bits in between that we all know of how do we rebuild trust what about poor um uh you know poor quality build work that has happened that has reduced trust or well, how do we make children interested in this or how do we all these different um elements start bringing them together put them i was about to say in a room but actually put them in a field in a <laughs> yeah. together and um start to uh make those connections from the big picture uh, to how this plays out in the everyday um and and from other other partners in this there's there's um a number of different uh, other elements. So uh, people like Dark Matter Labs are com- uh, convening the local authority and thinking about some of those questions around finance and governance. And so there'll be workshops on that sort of stuff. But there'll be also really practical things by ACAN where you can pick up um, and learn about natural materials and, and know uh, what is, is possible with um, so much of that. And lots in between spaces to sit and draw and think and dream um, on the first day, we're going to be kicking off at Zero Carbon House. Um, and and that's a chance for people, neighbours, communities, just to walk off the street and go, what is retrofit? Like, what, what are we even talking about here? All the way to, um, you know, panels of people who've been working in this for years and are really pushing those those stories about where can the local authority go with this? How can we redefine finance and governance in this space? How can we build national open infrastructure to help enable this uh, to become um you know something uh, that everybody can build their knowledge on so it's going to be a whole mixture of, of of different things it's in a overlooking a beautiful body of water in the center of birmingham and i guess it's like um important for me to say especially on this like podcast why is a random group in B16 Birmingham in a neighbourhood that probably most of the sector hasn't heard of before, why are they convening this? Well, I think it's actually because people like us and thousands of organisations and community groups and movements across the country who are 
working in spaces um, that can convene communities, that can convene the artists, the creatives, the poets, the people who um, help us to find, uh, to create irresistible revolutions. Like, I think it's really important that people like us are like, yeah, we're, we're in this and it isn't just um, those who know the scale of the problem and understand everything technically, because I think we're going to have to make this into a, a broader movement. And we hope that this is just one small start of that, where unlikely allies are coming together and going, we all pretty much believe the same thing and let's make it practical and let's get involved in, in one of the challenges of our time. And all I'm going to say is that from our work on Link Road in B16 is that we found that actually when you just start bringing people together, their entry point might be, I need lower bills. I'm really interested in decarbonisation. I'm a climate justice activist. I'm not interested in any of this, but I saw that you guys are doing some planting and some talking about how the street could be safer or have cleaner air. And when you start to bring together these movements of, of different ideas and entry points, actually, I'm over overwhelmed by the wealth of energy, knowledge, excitement, and even people who might just be like, I don't really know um, much about retrofit or what why this matters. I'm actually really here because this whole stack of things is interesting to me. And so in this little street in B16, Ladywood, uh, we've just started to learn that um, that actually the demand, the demand is there, the interest <laughs> is there, the momentum is there, and the entry points are different. But um, I genuinely believe from my kind of personal opinion that I think there's a really beautiful, revolutionary, joyful, confident, create courageous movement on its way that will actually help to move this glacial pace forward and can really make a serious dent in this question of what if what if the neighbours in the streets they live in can vision and design and benefit from and be part of the deep retrofit of our streets that includes everything from insulation to cleaning up the air to um, biodiversifying and I think that this is a start for us of different different groups of people coming together and seeing what happens when we try to talk together. So who's the event for? Because I'm thinking about it in terms of like what you what you're saying here resonates really strongly with what we were discussing with Gary last week, doesn't it, Sarah? Yeah. Like this community development. But like who who's the audience for this event and who should be getting involved? I just want to jump in on that because it was what I was going to say off the back of what Amy has been talking about on a personal level not wearing any of my like a can hats all the rest of it I am involved because I believe in it now that might sound like oh well that's not very tangible that's the point like I'm wholly connected to this through how it makes me feel and how it makes me feel for hope so I believe what Emmy talks about I believe what they do I believe in the power of convening groups like that and I'm excited by it and I'm totally like I'm all in I'm like both feet in this like immersed trying to like and 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 it is and it is messy and it isn't perfect and I'm learning a lot about like myself in the process of helping bring people in and like working out why I think one group might be and others might not be and then questioning myself about that decision in my own head and all the rest of it so in terms of like who it's for if you care about where you live (laughs) it's for you like if you are curious it's for you if as Amy said you don't care but actually you'd quite like to see some of these people talk about stuff or you just like to be near a body of water in Birmingham or you're any of the 
come. If you're an if you're a retrofit, uh, you know, aficionado, come. If you but but really come with an open heart and like come to share with a willingness and an openness and and also you can just walk away at the end of it and 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 that's it. But I I really think it, it's it's for that. So that's on like the dream game side, but practically it's kind of related to that. And I think we've invited lots of people and we're going to be spreading it far and wide in these mentioned you know local authorities and we've got loads of experts and we've got activist groups and we've got hopefully with the public and the residents of of the neighborhoods around maybe school kids and college kids it's sort of evolving as it goes but I mean well, and Dan, I don't know if you want to add to like who it's for but I've had a look through the 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 lineup you've got confirmed so far and it's really interesting like loads of familiar faces loads of people that I sort of recognize sort of tangentially related to things we're doing but it's for the conservative people who might be approaching it i'm not talking like big c political conservatives i'm talking about folk who work in the built environment that are just coming to terms with this sort of stuff or just learning about it yeah i'm just trying to just trying to work out what the pitch is for those folk yeah for for which folk the folk that are not in that yeah, yeah, the more conservative people, like talking about poets and artists, yeah. like it sounds quite exciting. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I understand. But it saying. also can sound quite alienating. Oh yeah, I can, I can tell you what the pitch is for those conservative, um, small C conservative, is that everywhere I go now, I sat on a combined authority panel last night. Um, I've I've sat with a lot of um spaces now where people ten years ago, twenty years ago, um did did an amazing house did a, even even when you talk to incredible john christophers who is like a pioneer in this space he's like the reason why i'm involved and i'm sure he'll be happy for me to paraphrase him but i've heard him say this before is because he was like i did a i did an amazing thing but it hasn't spread mm-hmm. i talked to I talked to the combined authority i talked to a number of different people um and in the in the friendliest most loveliest way I keep hearing the same thing but the demand isn't there in me but we can't build. We can't build a. We need to build a market. We need to start with those who can pay. We 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 need to get more people. Can you help to persuade more people to have these interventions done? And I'm hearing nineteenth and twentieth century logics and economies and ideas applied to a deeply twenty first, twenty second century challenge. The economics that got us here, the ideas that got us here, are not going to take us through this. The numbers mm. do not stack up. Um, Indy Johar will be talking on on um, the opening panel, and he'll he'll talk really eloquently about literally the skills, the jobs, the money, the time we have doesn't stack up, and therefore the pitch is that whether you are on the radical end of uh, reimagining and getting people to um, dream up radical new incredible possibilities, or you are sitting there grappling away thinking about how do I spend this money by March or by September or tomorrow, or how do I persuade someone to get this heat pump, or how do we hit these targets, or what I've seen, which is when people take their official hat off, they're like, we ain't gonna meet this at all. It's actually not possible. Anyone with a little bit of um, maths knowledge and organising knowledge will know that we're at a glacial pace and woefully misaligned in so many ways. Or you're like, from a, from a, like another radical perspective of how do you do this when you don't build any relationship to these ideas? We keep doing stuff to people at all scales. Nobody is sitting there going, whoo, 
we got this together. Even, <laughs> even the pioneers in the space who are doing amazing work, the example you just talked about in Scotland, Carbon Co-op, everybody's asking the same question of like, how do we do more of this more quickly? How do we bridge what's going on across national government, across the energy crisis, across um, a current um, cost of living crisis? By the way, I hate cost of living. Imagine that we've made a thing where we've decided that there is a to cost to you stay alive. Um, what a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. But like, you know, across all these spaces, nobody upon nobody is sitting in this country going, oh man, you know our bit of this story, we've got it together. And therefore, when you have a scale of challenge this big, um, like what we've got to do is try and approach it differently. We've got to bring the the the, the combined authorities, the small C conservatives, the people who've been in the space for years and got loads of knowledge to pass on. You've got to bring the fresh minds, the young people, the poets, the activists, the the technocrats, the, the social and political project, the insulate brains. You've just got to bring them together. We're going to have to force ourselves into a room and we're going to have to all go and tell 10 more or a thousand more or a hundred more people because this is not going to get there. It's just not going to get there through the approach. So my pitch is that whether you like a coffee over some beautiful water or you're sitting there going, I actually know that there's no way of getting there like this, then come come, and let's put our heads together and let's um, start to practically and um, in a more uh, possibility space as well, let's just uh, get together, join our heads together and nothing bad can come of this mm. other than we are more motivated, more enriched, more connected, and are able to make more of a case to um, regional, national, local government to take a more collective and ambitious and creative approach to this. Bring your aunt, bring your nan, bring your sister, bring your mom, and just come and start to get to know some of the ideas that are um, connected in this space and the possibilities and just meet some really friendly, warm people that will give you a safe uh, bounce into this space. Um, and if you're from the sector, come and add to this this space and talk to everyday neighbours about what this is. Come help us co-host it because John is an incredibly generous host and help us to start talking to everyday people, incredible people with tons of energy and, and possibility and talk to them about the sorts of work that exists in this uh, decarbonisation and retrofit space. Cool. Um, um, this is on the edge of Edgebasson Reservoir in a large, look out for a like Glastonbury style tent and head over there um, and we do the big picture and then we go into lots of practical experiments and I noticed you said earlier Dan that we've created the space for this um, I'd say we haven't quite created the space we're just trying to bring together all the people or many of the people have done incredible work on this and see what happens when we bounce lots of heads together um, it's part of a three-week festival at Civic Square on regenerative neighbourhoods so if you're interested in any of the metaphors or the big ideas or the adjacent ideas, there is three full weeks of this. Um, come and hang out with us. We would be delighted to hang out with you too. And I couldn't oh, recommend cool. hanging out with them enough. It's uh, it's properly exciting and um, inspirational. Hey, we wait. haven't even met in person and look how much we're probably in love. This is so excellent. Thank you so much. I'm very I can't I can't thank Akan and Sarah enough for the work they've brought to this. Honestly, it's um been the, the translation between our spaces, the underconfidence that people like me might have not being technically literate in this, or maybe not wanting to approach the built environment 
in the way that the built environment approaches itself as well, but not to be disrespectful, instead be really respectful of that. So there's just like some cool opening speakers as well. People like Araceli Camargo from Centric Lab, who really understands this idea of like energy justice and health justice um, and um, like housing justice are deeply interconnected um experiences um and so yeah there's just tons of 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 stuff i'm really excited i'm really grateful to people like sarah who who act as a bridge between spaces and who are like listen to a mad idea and go okay cool let's let's try and put this together because um i'm just excited about the abundance of new possibilities that will that will come out of this um, Brilliant. i'd like to just add one little bit to it which is not only is this like i'm very exciting and ideas generative space it is also providing a space to continue conversations that started in other places and two specific examples of that is that at cop with ACAN, we did a replicating retrofit event with um a couple of different energy groups community energy groups and with parity projects and with um or retrofit works specifically and carbon co-op people power retrofit and this we're hosting like almost like phase two of that discussion to see how that has moved on and how it's morphed and changed so i think that's really lovely that we have a bit of a continuity of 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 connected thoughts and another one is actually the podcast episode that we did on this podcast with tara balade and marianne heaslip and rachel owens when we talked about intersectionality and retrofit and representation and those sorts of cultural issues that are deeply embedded in our um industry and a little bit beyond so we're going to pick that up with a slightly different mix of, of people we've got Rosie Murphy from ACAN um, and we've got I've got so many people in my head we've got somebody coming from Breathe um, to help us like unpick that and take that conversation a bit further so it's a new space but it's a continued conversation as well and then it will continue beyond this event right. as well which is which is cool. brilliant um, in that case check the website what is it again bit.ly forward slash retrofit reimagine 22 and it'll be all over twitter and other such social platforms so just look up something like that and i'm sure you'll find it cool. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining us uh and uh yeah man well we'll answer like Matt, he's, he's really quickly trying to work out how can he get out of work those days and position himself up in birmingham for the week <laughs> oh man no, no, alex and i have talked about this uh I don't know. I'm trying to buy a house as well, so I'm mired with all this stuff. And oh, all never this. mind that. Just park that for a week oh, and come on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put you up and we'll inspire you and we'll, like, you know, motivate you and then uh, you can go back and buy your house. And right retrofit it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, check the website and, uh, as ever, uh, join the AECB as well, everyone. Cool. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Hey, listeners. Don't stop there. There's some more interesting things to come. Keep listening. You know, when they tell those tragic artists like stories after they've died and stuff, they'll be like, yeah, there was this moment and then, you know, the house set on fire or something and the painting got burned. This is going to be my, that might have been my greatest moment. That might have been, that might have been the highlight of my career, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure you can pull that off again. That was a dress rehearsal. All right, so uh, yeah. for the sake of the record, full disclosure, this is the second go at recording this episode. We lost the recording yesterday. It was a magnificent moment for Immy, for Sarah, for the rest of us in attendance. But uh, humanity, <laughs> the whole of humanity. Yeah, we were, gone, we gone. were crying. There were tears of joy. I mean, <laughs> nobody, nobody will ever know. Yeah. Anyway, so in spite of having lost all that eloquence, 
Uh, we're here today to talk about exactly the same stuff. <laughs> so there is a festival of retrofit happening in Birmingham and it is imminent and it sounds wonderful. So when is it happening first? We'll lead with that. It's happening the 13th to the 16th of July and um, it's part of a bigger um, festival that Civic Square are hosting and delivering. Um, Amy, do you want to say a little bit more about the bigger festival just a bit so people can understand that? Of course, yeah. Hi, I'm Imi. I am one of the co-founders of Civic Square and it's based in Ladywood in Birmingham and we're interested most broadly in um, regenerative neighbourhoods and the civic and social infrastructure that will help uh, communities to be at the, I'll say driving seat. Um, And the festival we've got coming up um, is three weeks of um, workshops, talks, walks, boat rides, lunches, dinners, um, lots of different formats looking at uh, what we mean by this idea of a regenerative neighbourhood. Really inspired by lots of work of um, the Data Economics Action Lab to really understand what it means to bring our neighbourhoods into that safe and just space between uh, what people need to thrive and how we can do that without constantly overshooting our planet and uh, consuming Earth's life uh, uh, supporting systems in negative and overly extractive ways. And Amy, you do work like you when you said inspired by the work of um, Donut Economics Action Lab. You are actively working with the Action Lab, aren't you? Yeah. yeah so um, I guess what we've always um, been ever since uh, we were the Impact Hub prior to Civic Square is we've always found ourselves uh, comfortable, inspired, and thriving when we sit at the heart of an ecosystem of partners. Um, and so we've been, we we were uh, grown up and raised at, in Project Zero Zero, which um, uh, did things like WikiHouse and OpenDesk and Architecture Zero Zero. Um, and that led to Dark Matter Labs. Um, and over the last three years, since we've been building Civic Square, we've been working alongside DM, Dark Matter Labs and, and Donor Economics Action Lab, um, because we really believe that we've got a part to play in in the work and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the festival um but we are really inspired to be working with other uh, spaces and labs who are looking at the scale of our challenges from different angles and and deal are uh, one of those they are looking at what it means to reimagine our economic uh, possibility uh, looking at how we can as i said before think about how people and planet thrive together and the pathways there and and how we can have um, collective frameworks to uh, look at how we're doing and where we need to go. Um, And so, yeah, we're actively working with um, Deal and um, the the sort of eve of the festival, Tuesday the 12th, we've got a day with uh, Kate Rayworth and the Deal team in the neighbourhood. So everybody who might be interested in Retrofit Reimagined is also completely welcome to that as well. I mean, that sounds like an A-list star in attendance, uh, which should be a pull for all sorts of people, really. Yeah, and there's quite um, a, a spread of speakers. Like, I have never been in, involved in anything quite like this because ACAN are supporting um, with the planning and, and the um, joining up of some of the more maybe industry side and technical side of, of speakers and, and panellists. So we've got all sorts coming Um 
And you, we'll put in the show notes the, the web link so you can see where we got to with the programming of that. But a really, really broad range of speakers to address, I suppose, what um, Amy has, has touched on, which is about what is the widest sense in this. And it was something that you said yesterday as well, which was about, you know, the Committee on Climate Change has said that we need everybody. We need everybody. Everybody has a role in this. So it's really important that the whole time we're talking about these issues of retrofit that we're actually thinking in the broader sense about what that can mean and it does need reimagining because again borrowing from some of the stuff that really landed with me yesterday about how Amy talked about this was you know the numbers don't stack up you cannot deliver this you know if you just even take the specifics of domestic retrofit if there are 29 million homes and this is no news to anybody listening to this podcast. If there are 29 million homes in this country and all of them need some touch of retrofit or other, you know, that's not going to happen with the current, you know, reach of the construction industry. Nor does it include the new competencies that we're going to need to develop and the new perspectives that we're going to need to bring into it. And it needs everybody involved in that. Um, but I just want to circle back a bit because you also mentioned um, Dark Matter Labs and we do have Jack here from Dark Matter Labs. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, your organisation and how you're involved? Sure. Um, so we've been working with Simic Square for a long time uh, on a few different projects, but more specifically this um, work in the neighbourhood around retrofitting. I guess what we try and bring uh, is a kind of range of expertise. DML is a um a strategic design studio and we have people that work on you know ex architects and service designers we've got people that work in finance um and financial design we've got people who are kind of programmers and coders and whatnot and try and bring those together to tackle big challenges and in my mind there is not a bigger challenge than retrofit it brings in together the energy system the you know completely broken housing system social organizing at the ground level which is difficult um and so we've been kind of trying to break down and for the best part of probably 18 months two years now um my head has been kind of burrowed in the retrofit world trying to understand different uh ways of organizing ways of funding it ways of getting it off the ground in the uk and in europe as well and um seeing what works and what doesn't and yeah trying to i guess put our best energies and minds towards how we can solve some of that and try some something new in, in Birmingham, uh, more specifically in Ladywood. Um, so yeah, uh, my background is is generally uh, in architecture and something they call social engineering, uh, social engineering, social innovation. Um, <laughs> yeah, and phrenology. Not, not, sorts, social, yeah. <laughs> not social engineering. Um, and yeah, so I have a kind of real interest in the technical side of it, how it's detailed, how it works, what it, what it means for people living in those houses, but also the other stuff to do with you know, how do how do we talk to each other as neighbours? How do we decide this stuff? How do we where do we get funding from and all that kind of work? Um, so yeah, it's it's um, deeply interesting and kind of a very very knotty thing that's we're start, just starting to to unravel in Birmingham. And the festival is a sort of open book, if you like, of where we're at right now. I mean, that kind of relates back to something that, again, Amy said yesterday. Um, I'll stop repeating that sentence because everyone's like, oh, I wish you were listening to yesterday. But um, it's that bit about like not one, not one sector, not one space, not one organization, not one place can sit back and say, yeah, they've got this sorted. So it's really amazing, like 
to have these conversations across these like spectrums of imagining like what the solution might be or learning from each other and really learning from each other, really opening up and making space for it and like acknowledging that you don't know everything, but that the magic that can come from working with other people can really set imaginations, you know, alive and that's what we'll we'll need and we'll need to win the hearts and the minds as well as have all of the technical solutions and I kind of got into a place in architecture I, I quite like that you're talking about being surrounded by maybe ex-architects because I've suddenly found myself in the last couple of months as an ex-architect <laughs> where I was like died in the wall any of my college mates listening to this will be like yeah yeah she was at every extra lecture loving all the architecture um, and and I just there isn't any and it's not the right space anymore for this um for me like it's definitely the right space for, for people who are you know better at sticking to that than I have been <laughs> but having that <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing because all all I seem to have done for the last 10 years is bump into ex-architects who are going <laughs> off into different directions and Zero Zero is full of them, Dark Matter Labs is full of them. My colleague who works on this project will be listening to this, Charlie Edmonds, who's uh, one of the founders of FAF. Um, he, he's a ex well, he's an architect, trained architect, so there is something uh, going on here. with. I, I think it's that we've recognised that the system, the system doesn't work. Like the system whereby architecture is delivered in the main, it doesn't work for the majority. It doesn't work for the planet. Like, and if you care about any of that stuff at all, you kind of need to, at the very least, upskill it or open your ears to a slightly different conversation around it. I mean, there's some really exciting things happening. And we're veering a little bit off topic here, but just, just to mention that there's some really exciting things happening. Like, for example, with the Reba presidency right now for the first time there's an architectural worker who like believes in collective action and unionizing in the running and then if you haven't voted yet and you are an architect get in and vote um and uh, um and just see what potential change is there we really really do need to embrace it and it can feel a little bit scary and a bit sticky and a bit messy and naughty jack was a good word that you used but I think like you know, embrace that because there's only good stuff that can come out of it. I was going to say on this yesterday when we were talking, like, I, I guess for us, that piece at Jack and uh, you just talked about, Sarah, about it being an open book and come to it with an open mind. I guess that's the way we've we've curated and designed it. There is, like, lots of industry-specific people. There are lots of experts. There are people who've been headfirst in this for years. But... Um, I, I guess, like, for, for me, um, this has been a real... It's been a challenge, right? Because what 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 I've learned over the last couple of years, um, starting to unpack and, and learn some of this, is, like, how we've been trying to orientate ourselves at Civic Square. For those of you new us at Impact Hub, you know, it's 10 years on nearly now, and we're trying to orientate ourselves um, much more to what does it seriously mean to roll our sleeves up in any of, of these challenges. And so being alongside um, Dark Matter Labs um, and particularly uh, Jack's work in unpicking all of those technical, financial governance challenges, all of the tensions and the realities um, sitting amongst like the reality of fuel poverty and energy and housing injustice and people's material needs whilst also having like one foot in the future system and thinking about future horizon. This is really complicated. But as I've gone through through this, um, I've understood so much more about what it means about 
all of us getting serious about this like like i said yesterday i just the more i'm in it the more i can't understand how this is gonna work without there being a real deep like societal movement um where everybody from the those working at the most technocratic level of this to our movements to our um artists and creatives to neighbors everywhere um understanding and unpacking together all these different challenges, all the tensions, how much can be done by us? How much can you do DIY? How much has to be absolutely with skilled specialists? How do we deal with um, the mistrust? How do we deal with the finance and the governance? How do we organize? How do we keep momentum going long enough? How do we make retrofit and everything that surrounds it? Um, uh, everything that happens when you start to talk about things um, changing on your street or climate justice or cheaper bills and all the other knotty bits that Jack talked about. Well, how do we um, really unlock that into uh, creative movements that can that can rise to the scale of this challenge? Um, and I know it's not all going to happen by just people and joyful movements, but I also can see that it's all not going to happen through a technocratic piece where we just talk about insulation either. And so that open book, that open mind, we're we're saying it's an open invitation to everyone because actually how do we make this an irresistible challenge and opportunity for everybody to get behind and to really start to spur a, a movement on and i think i do think and and you know learning from our work with partners in this is i think it'll be hard because we're coming from different spaces different languages, different ways of understanding the challenge, different tensions, different hopes, different timelines. But the festival really has been curated as a starting space to go, let's let's get together and see what's going on. And it's not a starting space where Civic Square or Dark Matter Labs or I'm sure ACAN and others are saying, hey, we know the answer. It's saying, actually, there's all this amazing work, green shoots like Carbon Co-op and um, amazing work happening in Scotland and across Europe and in the country. Like, how do we get them together and, and hear from that and start to start to push for a strategy that is more like those collective approaches than the current um, glacial, quite extractive, slow paced movements that we've seen and work that we've seen so far? Yeah, well, I mean, the institutional inertia, you've got to do something different to combat it. Like the numbers, as you said, like they don't stack up. It doesn't matter which bit you look at. We often use heat pumps as an example because like none of the numbers stack up. You don't have the supply side. You don't have the demand side. You don't have the government subsidization. You don't have the people to maintain it. You can't buy the parts to maintain it on the scale that they're supposed to be implementing it. Nothing stacks up. So I think two weeks ago, we interviewed Robin McAlpine of the Commonweal, political strategist at Think Tank. And he described that for a political movement to affect any change, you need three kinds of people. So you need uh, institutional lifers, you need stone throwers, and you need people who build the alternative. And what you guys are doing with this festival, it seems to be you're creating a space whereby all three can come together and you've got a space for all the poets and the artists and that to, to have a go at it as well. So you've got a forum whereby you can gather all these people from across the spectrum. Because part of yesterday, we talked about the more esoteric aspects. We talked about some of the political aspects. We don't often drift into colonialism on this podcast, but it was an interesting touch. And we also talked about the more conservative aspects of the industry, all having a place at this sort of event because as much as you've got a, an A-list player like Kate uh, Roweth like, speaking there, 
and other people who are familiar to us like local home retrofit i mean familiar to people on this podcast maybe not everyone the world over but the event sounds really interesting particularly to me because it's a bit more freeform as well like you've got a few bits specked out which people know what's going to happen but uh yeah, you don't quite know everything that's going to happen. You've got a few locations, you've got time, you've got space, and you've got attention. And you've got a place that's quite easy to get to, given that you're in the Midlands, you're two, uh, two hours from most of the UK, or most of England, sorry, not the UK. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a really interesting opportunity to hear from interesting people and make connections with interesting people. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I wrote down last night again, that Emmy said was, it's about creating this like national open infrastructure. And those three words really kind of resonated with me because we've talked about like national strategy for this and uh, open source that. Um, But there's something in that, like in between those words and when you put them together, there's something in there that like really, I feel, describes quite well what this could begin to form. There's a few things wrapped up in there and it actually does come a little bit back around to the conversation about uh, ex-architects or recovering architects, as they call them, um, <laughs> which is that when you think back to, I mean, it, architecture, like you know, other other things, is a, it's a profession and, and balances this public duty or civic duty with the kind of commercial aspects of running a practice and staying in business and, and an economy that functions that way, and so. If you think about, I mean, we often talk about this thing of, you know, the idea of one-stop shops and that local service that you could go to that, you know, this completely fictional service that you could go to to get advice about your house or your heating or whatever is happening in your neighborhood energy grid or something like that. It's very much viewed almost through the lens of this idea of like a retrofit or energy GP where you can go and there's some services that are kind of public duty, but it operates as a, as a, as a, you know, as an, as an entity and a kind of service and a, and a business. And what we're seeing right now in the retrofit space is a real polar polarization in the types of organizations that we have. There's small scale, locally started, usually cooperative or CIC type businesses that are set up to do the retrofitting work. And they understand that that is the economy and the, you know, the kind of unit that they need to be. So, you know, carbon co-op, retrofit works to some extent change works the low carbon hub you know, oxford um many more um and they've managed to kind of cobble together various grants and resources and ideas and throw them on the paper and get people interested which is amazing and the other end of the spectrum fighting almost completely against them is national government schemes this kind of real rush to centralize our solution right so we need the national task force that's going to you know be um, appointed by whoever it is high up in the business uh, government world to try and like roll out this ex- uh, uh, this plan which is going to you know magically fit every home and every person that lives in it and is going to fit in this but you know this kind of budget of ten thousand pounds or whatever it is which is still too expensive to think about on the scale that we need to do it and so there's not a lot in between because i don't think we've imagined that there is a level of support and funding and organizational capacity that can happen in that space. We're not used to people acting together. <laughs> um, so one one lens is, you know, 
individuals making individual choices about their home and we're going to incentivize this market to come into force and the other is like people you know uh, on the just like working their socks off to try and get these organizations off the ground and a lot of it does rely on morphing and shaping to current government grants and fitting into those criteria and there's not a lot in between and um when we talk about national open infrastructure or like the idea of civic infrastructure i'm interested in like what are those legal templates and those entities that can be formed how do you form it who who is going to take their daily job quit and start doing this other thing people have done it you know there's in those organizations that have started they, that's what's happened like re residents have started talking and they've said right we need to do something about this and form an entity um but there's all sorts of other like other bits that you could think about i mean imagine if there was a service on gov.uk where you could check out what needs to happen to your house there's some really basic stuff like epc certificates where you can find it it's predominantly based on averages and there's various things that don't work with it but yeah thinking through the lens of like what is it that government could support instead of implement onto various neighborhoods or individuals it's um it's really interesting that whole bit because i think you know there's a lot of this that's sort of at the forefront quite new nobody really has an answer but we've all been conditioned into this very solutions based outcomes driven way of working and there isn't one solution and there isn't one model that will work and you can't perfect it before you launch it. And it's going to be all these in-betweeny bits. And it's we're, about we're also still waiting for the market to step in, that invisible yeah. hand that's supposed to yeah. sweep us up in its embrace. I mean, that, that'll have its bit, but even within that space, there's, like, significant problems. Like, it does seem to be a bit of, like, well, we're going to do this bit. What are you going to do? Like, looking at others to be like, oh, you do your bit and we'll see what that is. It's going to be messy. It's going to be untidy. We have to get comfortable with that because you have to open the door. You have to let more people in and you have to acknowledge the place that other people are at. I know we've gone a little bit ephemeral here on, on it in terms of like the specifics, but keep coming back to the essay written by Donella Meadows called Leverage Points, where she talks about the different levels in the system where you can intervene and the impact, the potential impact that that might have. And it's sort of like a framework for thinking about like, well, where do I want to press? Like, where do I want to put my energy and, and what impact might that have? And I think more and more, you know, like, I, you know, you talk about being an ex-architect. I define myself as a slasher, <laughs> a bit of this slash, a bit of that slash, a bit of that slash, and kind of trying to get comfortable with that. And it's really uncomfortable place to be when you've come from, like when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> um, but you just kind of, you have to kind of lean into it and look to the people who share the values with you. So if you can find the people, like that's why like all day, all day long, Amy asked me to do something and I'd do it because I believe in what she does. I trust that, you know, I will. There are people like that, like, you know, Duncan, who we set up this podcast with, who we joined, you know, and he was like, will you do this? Yeah, because I trust you. I have the values. Like Dan, you know, it's the same that same relationship so you find those people and just try and push and move and share and be honest as well about where you are in it um a lot comes from it a lot of really good stuff comes from it and, and it's interesting that you say that because that's like I, I guess for me the the foundation of this um 
because actually working in this in this space has been probably the one of the like hardest um, things I've I've done um because actually there isn't like massive precedent in the movements or the work that we that we're part of in the communities that we're part of where you know everybody's talking about insulation or retrofit in fact most of the time and some of our peers are like what is that thing you're working on now? <laughs> like, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? You've gone from this like radical, bold, like decolonial movement. And now every week I hear you talking about retrofit and I'm like, well, exactly, right? Like maybe the thing isn't, isn't that you've got to be super duper interested in that word um, or you've got to be super duper interested in insulation. But as I've got into this whole like knotty piece, our, our piece is that I, I trust you know, I trust DM, I, I trust the work that they're doing. And um, I guess when I first read um, the uh, the System Challenges to Retrofit blog um, and just started to see the knotty interconnections that um, this plays plays out in and one of the one of the opening speakers Araceli Camargo from Centric Lab is is going to talk about this um, I've just chatted her, to her this morning and I was just mind blown um, by uh the way she like responded to the sort of provocation that I'd given her and I guess this is the bit from our point of view is this is exactly what we need to do it's to get through that discomfort because like I said yesterday we need we're going to need all of all of what Jack's been talking about the scale of the challenge the the technicals of it the the um, deep design of the all those spaces and institutions and infrastructures and systems of um, platforms and systems in between. But we're also going to need the people to like care or think that this is important or um, to, to and, and it's not like I'm here saying, look, the artists and the poets are going to be going around doing cavity wall insulation or installing an air source heat pump or whatever. Like, well, maybe they will, you know. <laughs> but my point is, is that the the stories that we tell, the the way our lexicon changes, the way our imagination changes, the way beyond just this challenge, I'm just on this really strong feeling at the moment that a lot of us who sit in this space of imagining new worlds and convening communities and ideas and like the, the tons and tons of arts and young people's organizations and community organizations and like, you know, Birmingham is full of them, the country is full of them, the our neighborhood is full of them. I just got this feeling that everywhere I look with um, the climate crisis, everywhere I look with the challenges that we are facing, um, every industry, every space, every set of like domain-specific experts or sectors, everyone's struggling. I guess one bit that we haven't really put in, I haven't put into the framing of this um, festival, but I have been thinking about it recently. Um, when I say I, a lot of us have worked on this festival, but I'm just talking my personal opinion here. I've been thinking about this recently that like, if, if I was just to be really honest, I'd say, can people come with an open heart and mind, but also with an honest one? Because mm. like when I start to look at some of this and some of the challenges and the 2030 target or the 2041 target or the amount of materials and labour and... um. The, the the numbers we're talking about, the, the, the government strategies we've got, the level of burnout and trauma and challenge post-COVID, um, well, not even post-COVID, after the first stage of the, the height of the pandemic. Like, part of me is just like, if we're not going to 
if we're not necessarily going to hit all of these targets and they're so important and we know the impact, then what's the alternative, right? Yeah. What is the alternative? Don't we have to start talking about what happens when we when we don't get there? Yeah. Like, what what do we have to do? And so for me, if I take my professional hat off, I think about what does that mean for all the neighbours, for the kids, yeah. for the people that we work with every day? What does that actually mean to then be a responsible steward and guardian of this work, to be a responsible person who is going to pass on, like, intergenerational um like pass on things that we did in our generation. And so that can feel like quite a negative point, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm actually- Do you know what? As you've been talking, what I've been imagining, right? Because we've talked before about the word retrofit and the appropriateness of it. And is it, you know, blah, 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 what is it? It is a great catch-all because people come at it from all sorts of different perspectives. But by reimagining it, like I'm almost seeing like the word itself as this thing just sort of exploding and this like beautiful thing emerging from it which is our future our possible future where everybody has like a hand in that and I feel like you said something else a little bit earlier as well about needing everybody but it's almost like creating a space or showing that there is a place for everybody in it like you there is a space there is like this rebirth that can happen through investigating how this bit affects you. Because like every community is different. Every player in this game is different. Every part will be different. Every outcome, every bit will be different. But there is absolutely space for everybody and a need for everybody. So it's like, not just saying like, oh, we need you, but also like, you can have this. Like, you are worth, like, the space is worthy of your time, you know? And I just think when you were saying in your head, there's this image that we're just going to all burst out of. One of um, my co-founders, Bing, she she does a lot of the, like, unpack, she she likes to come to these things with very little technical knowledge um, so that she can actually look at the challenge with a raw a raw eye and go okay what's going on over here so she she went well she's still an incredible artist but to give you an example of that she's like one of the main people who um came came as quite a young person to the hub um and then became a director in recent years and because she brought a fresh set of eyes to our finances she like basically does the job of our finance director now like an artist Um, (laughs) and so and it's amazing what she's done to our financial systems is completely reimagined them because she didn't have any sense of what 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 it was meant to be like she had no sense of like well why are we doing this and what what is this tracking category on zero or whatever and why i say this is because when she's brought a fresh eyes to this it's just been really interesting to see her um her inter- her interpretation and she she always writes the etymology of words in everything we do she's like obsessed with it right you literally can't walk down the road without her saying well let me tell you the meaning of the words you're using so i mean one you can wield all those words that come out of your mouth appropriately and i can unpack them but she's written um she was like did you know retrofit and reimagine are both verbs how excellent is this right and um <laughs> First of all, yeah, these are the sorts of, and she's going to be listening to this and just be like, Emmy, why do you always do this to me? But, um, <laughs> she's she's written the retrofit breaks down as the addition of new technologies or features to older systems and reimagine is to reinterpret imaginatively, creatively and resourcefully. And I guess, and she was like, I'm just going to keep going with those, those words because 
those words are at the essence of that quote that is the greenest building is one that already exists. It's at the heart of the maker and maintenance movement. It's at the heart of um, the circular economy. It's at the heart of a number of intersecting movements that we're all understanding. And so um, when I was talking to Centric Lab this morning, um, we were talking about when we first met three years ago and their little part of um, the ecosystem that they were nurturing around biological inequity and health injustice and how it plays out in urban um, urban settings. Um, they were like a small niche who were quite radical and saying quite bold things that a lot of people were like, whoa, okay, these, these guys are a bit bonkers. Um, but cool that they're saying the same good stuff, but it's it's like very far in the future. And we were reflecting this morning now, four or five years on, but um, in, in the last three years, the absolute surge of um, movements and work uh, that intersect class, race, um, uh, particularly, and health injustice, there are just scores of organisations, like five or six bold, um, really interesting ones that have opened up over the last couple of years. So so I'm saying, in, why I'm mentioning this is in this, what I'm saying is in addition to everything that's already there, the recovering artists, the incredible, um, the recovering architects, the incredible like technical knowledge and systemic um, uh, like um, interpretations and understanding, and all the work that people like Acan and even Insulate Britain of DM and Carbon Co-op and all this incredible work that's happening. On top of that, I just really think that I want to sit back in a couple of years from now, and I want us to say. Literally every every man and his dog and every organization is like talking about this now, right? And actually putting their minds and their tools and the actions towards what this looks like. That doesn't mean that I believe that you just get through the technical challenge by that. But I definitely know that so much of what we need um, across our movements is to translate all of this really good, imaginative, creative, action-orientated, quite radical you know, pro-social, uh, pro-collective approaches, pro-some other economy or economic system than the one we're currently in the late stages of, uh, whatever that looks like. And in a couple of years' time, I want us to come back on this podcast and just be like, Joe, have you just seen, like, everybody's talking about it, everyone's talking about it in ways that it are, um, uh, you know, have just moved the space on. And and like I said, that's just one part of what this work requires. But I think that that's the reason why we've come to it, because we just really deeply believe in actually the really important technical and movement work that people like ACAN and Dark Matter Labs have done from very different angles. Um, mm -hmm. and, and on this other bit, which Jack says, which I guess I'm at the cold face of, you know, there's all these organisations, and, and so are DO and so are ACAN, sorry, all of us are really, let's be honest, is that there's all this good practice and good work, but it is actually just humans trying their absolute best to piece together grant funds and start an organisation and keep it going. And ultimately, that also isn't a, a way that this is going to spread and scale where it's all reliant on like heroic human energy. So, um, so I guess, you know, there is that piece of what's that space between big top down approaches and grassroots um, movements, uh, of which I think we all need to take that seriously, right? Because neither are the answer either. We can't just keep trying and trying and trying to like have these green shoots. And we also can't just leave it to that sort of 
okay, well, let's just see what what the government or those big players do or don't uh, don't do. So what we've got here then? So between the pair of you, like from Sarah through to you and me, you've taken retrofit from an albatross because it's a dog of a name. If you pardon me, mixing my metaphors there, because it doesn't even have anything to do with buildings necessarily. You can retrofit anything. So you've taken it from albatross dragging us down to Phoenix, where you're going to bonnet down, and it can become this magnificent new thing. And retrofit reimagined is embodying that sort of idea where you're creating a space for folk to come together. The bit that keeps resonating with me, thinking back to what we discussed yesterday and where we started today is there's a place in this for everyone, but it's really hard to divine what that place is. In political terms, those three characters that we need, the stone throwers, the lifers working with institutions and the people building new things, highlighting how alternatives may manifest themselves. Well, you guys are doing a bit of all of that. Uh, well, I don't know about the institutional part, but you seem more into smashing that from the, the meta communication <laughs> of what you've been describing. We've got Jack like, for that. Don't worry, Jack. Jack's oh, on cool. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I it, think it, that was... It, was sounds like a, it sounds like a really strong opportunity for if anyone's wondering what sort of part they might mm. have to play in this or how they might be able to engage with retrofit or even just low energy building like within a community, be you a contractor, a householder, or a renter, whatever, the summit you can get out of this event, if you're close enough, just check it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. And there will be more to come from it. And we will put in the show notes where you can register your interest, where you can understand where it is and how to get there and who's speaking and all the rest of it. Um, but do please come and support us. Imi, Jack, thank you so much for coming on again. <laughs> and we promise <laughs> it won't be the last time, but it will be the last time free festival. <laughs> Thanks so much.